At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented, as always, by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined, as always, by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. And Jim, we've got a fun guest today, uh, ESPN's Nick Friedle talking about that Brooklyn game that's coming up. It's looming. Uh, it's it's tonight. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's snuck up on all of us uh, with sure. the preseason and stuff. But, man, it's it's been circled on the calendar for a while, and I'm really looking forward to the season kicking off. I am, too. I mean, this is something that we've been really thinking about, for me, since the schedule came out in August. I think this is one of the best matchups of Wednesday night across the entire NBA um, it's not one of the two games that's on ESPN, but that's okay. The Pelicans have a bunch of other national TV games that they selected, um, but it easily could have been. It's I mean, surprising that it's not with all those stars. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a Knicks Grizzlies game on ESPN, and there's a Mavs Suns, which I to, I definitely understand for various reasons why the Mavs Suns is is on there, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about the Nets with Kyrie, KD, Ben Simmons, the Pelicans with Zion. Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum. I mean, there's so much household names in this game and so many reasons for fans to tune in. I mean, that's before you even get into the the series of role players for both teams that are really good. That Brooklyn's missing a couple of those, which Nick is, Friedel's going to get into in our discussion with him. But, I mean, there's so many reasons to watch this game. I feel like there's about 10 or 12 games in the NBA, and if there was a power rankings of – games to watch this one would probably be one or two with maybe the comp big competition being the Mavs Suns game that, that yeah. I referenced but I mean there there are not many games 
on the slate, even through the first week of the season, that I think are as compelling and attractive as Pelicans Nets. Yeah, I mean, if you're a basketball fan, just in general, I feel like this is a compelling game because both of these teams are sort of going to be finding their sea legs in this first game. You know, Zion is back after an extended absence, learning still how to play with some of these players he hasn't played with before. Uh, You have some second-year players for the Pelicans who are, again, finding their roles on the team. And on the Brooklyn side, you know, Joe Harris is back. you got Kyrie playing a full season now other than the games in Toronto. You've got uh, Kevin Durant, who many thought would not be back. He's back. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got the intrigue of that whole drama. And add to the mix, Ben Simmons. How's he going to fit in? How's he going to play? You know, how is he going to, you know, coincide with the rest of that team's talent? It's it's an interesting mix of of people finding their roles in this first game. Yeah, there are a million storylines with this game, and I think that's part of the reason why I really don't have any idea of what to expect. I feel like we see this in the NFL as well, where sometimes for the season opener, you have no clue. And even there are even some times where there's both negative and positive. There's um, outcomes of games that just don't make sense. And that at, later in the season, you look back at the opener of the first week and you say, man, we lost to that team, or man, we beat yeah. that team by 30, and it doesn't really fit in the scheme of things. As ne- as Nick mentioned, too, um, Brooklyn is definitely looking at this from a patience, long-term standpoint, that they don't expect the squad that they hope to be eventually will be on the floor Wednesday against New Orleans. And obviously, from the Pelicans' perspective, that they hope that that's the case as well, right? because you're talking about a better chance to pick up what I think would be a really nice early-season road victory. I mean, I I think all road victories are are big in the NBA, but um, yeah, it's it's going to be just a really interesting opener, just for a lot of different reasons. You know, I think when this game first got announced, a lot of Pelicans fans, myself included, sort of looked at this as, oh man, got to open up against the Nets, mm-hmm. ugh. And then all the offseason drama happened, and then we started to come together. We had a good preseason. And now I sort of look at this Nets game as, you know, we can get this. This is sort of a juicy matchup, especially with them looking to the midseason or whatever to find their their form. And, you know, of course, the Pelicans are doing that to a degree, too. But I really think this is a winnable game that that doesn't look as scary as it did on paper when it got announced. And I think best case scenario specifically to just Wednesday's game from a New Orleans standpoint, you hope that the advantage that the Pelicans have in chemistry – and togetherness, you know, Nick talks about how things have improved drastically in that area for the Nets. But there's frank- nowhere to go but up. Though. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Frankly, you know, it, that was the direction, the only direction it could go. But you, you hope that the Pelicans, that that's one of their biggest edges Wednesday. We know that Brooklyn is very talented. We know they have guys that can take over games and win games by themselves. Um, whatever people think of Kyrie, he's had a couple games in the past either with Brooklyn or back when he was with Cleveland where he beat the Pelicans almost by himself with just having a huge night, 40-point game, that kind of thing. But you hope that um, just the fact that the Pelicans have are just a tighter unit right now on paper and in actuality will be a big advantage. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast pretty much the whole preseason – uh, just about the, the Pelicans' friendship off the court, the, the way they get along, the way they genuinely like each other, that goes a, a long way in terms of just wanting to help each other on the court, make plays for each other. There's a lot of unselfish basketball, defensive basketball, a lot of dishing out to other players, not trying to necessarily run up your own numbers. Um, you know, that that cannot be overstated in terms of how important that might be going forward 
but especially in this first game versus the Nets, who I don't even know if they they are. I mean, Nick talked about it, but obviously KD and Kyrie are friends, but the rest of them, I don't know. I don't know what their dynamic is. Yeah, there's a certain intangible that can't be measured in terms of, especially when adversity strikes. I see this in football sometimes where, you know, a quarterback throws a ball over the middle, guy doesn't receiver doesn't catch it. Quarterback either like gives a look at the guy or throws kind of up his mo- hands, exactly yeah. mopes to the sideline. I think that's when the chemistry it really matters is when things go bad because if you have guys that are close and tight with each other, they're going to pat each other on the back and say, "Hey man, I know you made a mistake or even I made a mistake there, but I'm going to do better or we know you're going to do better. So keep your head up and don't worry about it." Whereas when you have guys that don't either don't get along or don't know each other very well, you have a lot more of that negative energy and some of that tension when you start to lose games or you have a quarter where the other team goes on a big run and it just kind of crumbles when you don't have that bond. So that's something that, uh, you know, we, we love to see the way that things have developed with New Orleans and, and seeing them carry that into Wednesday's game. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of body language experts watching all the players <laughs> on the court, I feel like, and then Twitter is going to be on fire if some of that goes sideways. So a great talk with Nick Friedel. We were excited to have him on the phone here, and uh, let's get to him now. Nick Friedel of ESPN joining us on the Pelicans podcast. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, you know him from ESPN. You see him all the time. Uh, he might as well be the, the host of a spicy reality show at this point covering the Nets, Mr. Nick Friedel. Nick, how are you doing today? Guys, it's great to be with you, and yes, this is a hell of an interesting year to get into, especially with these Nets, because it could start off really well, and it could also go a different direction, and that's part of the fun of, of watching it all uh, get rolling here early. So uh, I am excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, Nick, along those lines, I mean, based on the drama and the constant news stories and developments from the offseason, I was kind of wondering in terms of the atmosphere there, is it kind of has it even kind of dawned on the Nets and just people there in general that there's a season and there's going to be a basketball game played on Wednesday night? It is hilarious thinking back, and I started on this beat covering the Nets the beginning of January last season. Mm. So to think that in those five or six months and then they, they lose to the Celtics in the first round and then KD – puts that trade request in and we see what happens over the course of the summer, the back and forth. I cannot stress this enough. The vibes within the Brooklyn organization right now are as good as I have ever seen them. Mm. And my sample size still isn't that large because I haven't been around the team uh, that long comparatively, but they actually feel great to start the year. Now, we've all been around the league. Can that hold? We're going to find out. But everybody right now seems to be on the same page, and they've tried really hard to push past everything that happened in the summer and the news cycle that they lived in uh, from the end of the year till uh, right about the start of training camp. So uh, for the moment, they sound and look like a group that is together, that's looking forward to what's happening, uh, that thinks that they can still be the team that they had hoped to be when KD and Kyrie came over originally. But 
whether or not that is the case and that can withstand the ups and downs that always come in any 82-game NBA season, we're going to find out. Y'all seem actually uh, complete for the for the first time in a while with Kyrie being able to play with with you know KD back, and it looks like it is the Nets that everyone was expecting. Uh, wh- what do you think the expectations are over there in Brooklyn for the fans? I mean, is it championship or bust? What would they be happy with? What is the standard that you expect them to meet, and that that would make Brooklyn fans happy this season? I think the the happiness threshold is everybody is playing together. Uh, and they're they're out there all the time. Now, you never know what happens with injuries, but to the point about Kyrie, aside from those Toronto games, he should be out there. And Kevin is back. He's still one of the very best players in the entire world. He'll be out there. And if you get something close to the Ben Simmons that we saw in Philly, guys, uh, he is still a damn good player. So if you have those three guys playing on a regular basis, and they they win a round or two in the postseason, from a fan base standpoint, I think that's a successful year. Now, this team has that type of top-tier talent that could potentially win you a title. And who knows if they do stay healthy and there there is some chemistry that's built those first few months if Sean Marks goes out and tries to make another move to add another piece, especially defensively, because that's a place where I think they will struggle a little bit. But if you add all those pieces and you have Kevin Durant, who you can lean on in a postseason series, along with a uh, an engaged Kyrie night to night, that is a really good team. But uh, as we know, the question mark here is Simmons. How much uh, better can he be off what we've already seen? How will he fit into the group? If he does, this is a team that has a legit chance in the East. Nick, um, kind of turning specifically to Wednesday's game between the Pelicans and Nets, um, you just mentioned Ben Simmons. I mean, what have you seen from him in preseason, and what should we expect from him? I feel like the vast majority of NBA fans, even diehard fans, maybe haven't really gotten to see much Nets preseason. So, I mean, we're talking about a guy that a lot of people, including myself, have not seen play in like a year and a half. Well, and he's reminding us all the time, hey, I've only played four games in a year and a half. So whatever version of Ben Simmons we see on Wednesday night, he's going to be a lot better two months from now, three months from now. In the preseason, though, in this in this really small sample that we have, the first two games, guys, he didn't play well. He didn't look good. He didn't look like he felt comfortable out there. They played in Milwaukee about a week ago, and he looked a lot like his old Philly self. He was uh, attacking uh, offensively at times. He was uh, right there with Giannis defensively, which is going to be critical because I think there are going to be plenty of times where he plays in that five spot on the the defensive side. But when you watch Simmons, you see the glimpses. I mean, you see a guy who can be a playmaker, who can get everybody else open, and that's what Steve Dash and the Nets are, are banking on because they have gone out of their way to try and make him feel comfortable and say, hey, we don't care if he ever shoots. We don't care if he ever goes to the line. And Nash has said he's got to be more aggressive. And we started to see that in that preseason game against the Bucks. but then he followed that up by fouling out in 13 minutes in their finale in, in Minnesota, which you don't often see in general, but especially in a preseason game. <laughs> so there are going to be 
a, a lot of periods of rust for Ben as he comes back. But the early returns from the Nets are, this is a very good player who we need to give time to. And if we give him that time and we make him feel comfortable behind the scenes and build up his confidence, then he should be ready when we need him the most in the postseason. Nick, you gave us a, a very positive vibes report, which I think for a lot of Brooklyn fans is great news considering you know, a lot of people reported last season that it was kind of miserable around the team. But from a, from a basketball standpoint in terms of Wednesday's game, I mean, how ready do you think the Nets are to, to get out there and play in terms of chemistry? And I know they have a couple guys out as well. Is it just kind of you're looking at it kind of the same way you do with Ben Simmons where it's a work in progress and you maybe don't expect them to just hit the ground running the first game of the season? Exactly. You're looking at this game specifically, this opener against the Pelicans, the way you looked at a lot of their games the second half of last season, because you just don't know which team is going to show up. And you mentioned the two guys, it's Joe Harris and Seth Curry, who are, are going to be crucial for this team moving forward because they're going to space the floor. And you put those two guys around Simmons, KD, and Kyrie, you're going to get a ton of open threes. And offensively, this Nets team can be very, very dangerous in time. But without them, in this first game, they're going to have to rely on uh, those those top guys to kind of carry them a little bit more. The the problem, though, is as we've kind of gone through, is they don't really know each other well uh, mm-hmm. yet. Katie and Kyrie know each other's games unbelievably well. They are really fun to watch. But they don't know Ben Simmons yet. They've got to build that uh, chemistry through time, and whether or not they can do that in this first week in this first game. We'll see. But, guys, I would stress that they're confident that they will be able to do it over the course of the season. So no matter what we see uh, in this New Orleans game, they believe their best version of themselves is a long way away as the season progresses. Are there a couple Nets players maybe that we're going to see a lot more of Wednesday based on the absences of the two shooters that you mentioned that maybe their role might be a little bit less when those guys come back, but maybe players that... Pelicans fans are going to see in the game quite a bit or more than expected in in Wednesday's opener? I think the guy to focus on is Royce O'Neal. He came over in that Utah deal over the summer. He is a really solid perimeter uh, defender, and he can help them in that regard. The thing to focus on, guys, and we already started to see this in the preseason, is you're going to get that space. Again, you're playing with Ben Simmons, and KD and Kyrie, Royce O'Neal would have wide open threes. If he hits them, well, the Nets are going to be in really good shape. He wasn't hitting many in the preseason, though. So he has got to force teams to account for him. Uh, but that's the guy who's going to get some extra minutes without uh, Harris and Curry out there. And, and the other guy I'd point out, and it's not necessarily related to those two guards, but it's Nick Claxton. Uh, he is really their their lone big man at least that they trust early in the year. Dayron Sharp could get some minutes as well. He's a younger center. But Claxton is athletic. He can get up and down the floor. The issue there is you're just not comfortable with him shooting free throws right now, and that's a big problem because you're also not comfortable with Simmons shooting free throws in the moment. So uh, there are a lot of lineups and tweaks that Steve Nash is going to have to adjust to. But specific to Wednesday, 
it's O'Neal and it's Claxton for, for players that might be seen a little bit more than usual. Nick, I know you, you said that things are kind of looking rosy now uh, for the first you know, time in a while over there for Brooklyn. But, I mean, how, how important do you think cohesiveness is long-term for this season? I mean, New Orleans right now is, is for the first time in a while, I'm not going to name names, but we used to have a, an oft-injured superstar who, who seemed like he sighed in the shower for half an hour because he woke up in New Orleans every day. So we're no strangers to drama uh, around here and, and malcontents. But for the first time here, it seems like the team knows each other off the court. They, they understand how to play together on the court. If, if things do start to go sour and they start to lose some games over there in Brooklyn, do you expect that cohesiveness to stay? And do you think that's, that's important, those relationships going forward in the season? Those relationships are unbelievably important. And when you go back and look at any team that's won a title or that's had sustained success through the years, you guys, I, I was around the Warriors the last four years before moving to New York. That team had the chemistry that all the great teams do. So can it can it hold up with the Nets? Can you can you bank on that maintaining itself? Nobody knows. And if they do, they're lying to you. The the Nets are hopeful uh, that they can withstand uh, a losing streak or not playing well or guys some guys get injured. You never know what the case may be. But uh, for right now given where this team has been in the summer, it is almost jarring to see how they're coming into the season. But if you start losing games early, all the good vibes of the preseason and training camp, they don't matter. So uh, we're all going to find out together just what that entails. But uh, that part of this cannot be overstated, in my opinion, because I've seen teams unravel because they didn't have it. And I've seen teams that may not have been as talented that took were able to take a step a little farther than expected because they really trusted each other on and off the floor. Last one from me, Nick. This might be difficult to project or, or guess, but I'm curious, what, what kind of atmosphere should we expect in Barclays Center? I mean, do you feel like the fans are you know excited to get the season started with this being able to see these three star players that they have together for the first time ever? Or, I mean, is there kind of some trepidation or anxiousness about the season? Like, what what do you expect it's going to be like in terms of what the Pelicans are going to be greeted with Wednesday? I think there's excitement, but I also think there's just a curious uh, nature, uh, understandably, from the fan base. Like, what does this look like? KD wanted to, to be traded at one point. He's back. You weren't sure if Kyrie was going to return. Oh, here's Ben Simmons, who hasn't played in almost a year and a half. How do, the, do they all fit together? How does it work? Uh, as far as the atmosphere in the building goes, what has always struck me being around this team is you've got a, a fan base, uh, a lot uh, of, of fans at the, uh, the very front of the fan base are, are very loyal. They are very loud on social media. But guys, the, the fan base just isn't that large yet. They're trying to build it up. They're doing what they can. They've been in, in Barclays now 10 years. They're trying to build that atmosphere, but there's just not that many fans yet. Uh, and they're trying to believe in a team that a lot of people, myself included, didn't think would exist in this form yeah. right now with everybody back. So uh, there are a lot of 
intriguing questions going into the year, but certainly into this first game. And, and I'm curious to see how the fan base that is there responds because you just wonder, okay, well, uh, how, how does this play out uh, for, for a group that wasn't sure which team they would be rooting for uh, once it all got uh, rolling again? Well, I think, you know, once that once that initial game against Brooklyn here in New Orleans got announced, uh, people were immediately excited about the potential of it. And we're going to be facing the same thing. Zion hasn't played in a long time, just like Ben Simmons for you guys and, and just like having Kyrie back and getting that cohesiveness together and seeing how they can play together. We're going to be dealing with it on this end as well. So it's going to be an exciting game and we're looking forward to it. Nick, uh, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to see you, I'm sure, all over Sports Center as the drama may or may not unfold. But uh, we're looking forward to seeing you all season long, man. Thanks a lot for joining us. It'll be great, and I can't wait to get back down to New Orleans, guys. When I when I moved off the Warriors beat, I just missed that trip, and I missed it when the when the Nets came down there already. So I haven't been in like three years, and I am oh, dying man. to get back. So it'll be great uh, wherever I see y'all, but especially once I get back down there. Looking forward to seeing you, Nick, when you do make it down here, and we, uh, I had told Joe earlier that we were going to turn this into a Syracuse football podcast, but he had <laughs> oh, to talk yeah. me down and, yeah. and here we are. So I guess we ended up with zero. Oh, on, talk. I know. Think I know. You know. Or you're going to death Valley, baby. I'm a joy it's kill. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a buzz kill, man. That's what I'm here for. It's all good. All right, Jimmy, let's go. Orange. I'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate your time, man. Big thanks to Nick Friedle. He's a lot of fun, man. Always seeing him on, uh, you know, of course he's on NBA Today all the time. He's always got a wry smile and a sense of humor and, and so informative talking about the Nets, even though uh, you, you brought up earlier. He has been called out for being a curse uh, for whatever <laughs> team he goes to. Right. But, uh, hey, it gets, him on, it gets him on ESPN a lot more, so I hope he's having fun. Yeah, I believe Zach Lowe has this running thing where he talks about how wherever Nick Friedle goes there seems to be some chaos ensuing i think he was there in chicago right before the bulls or right when the bulls kind of collapsed and went through a few seasons where they were terrible and then they moved him to minnesota and then he was there for the jimmy butler trying to burn the whole practice facility down or whatever exactly happened there (laughs) and then uh then he goes to brooklyn and within a few months, we have the massive chaos that occurred there last season. So, curse of Friedel. So, I guess if you're a fan of an NBA team, you love Nick Friedel's coverage, but you're just glad that it's not your team that he's covering at this <laughs> yes, point. Yes, you don't want him to be the black cat <laughs> in your building messing up the juju. Uh, Nick Friedel was a lot of fun, though. Thanks to him. Follow him at Nick Friedel on Twitter and, and check him out on ESPN. Well, Joe, for people who really closely follow Pelicans.com, they know that there is a five things to know that we post on the website every morning from Monday through Friday. And I kind of want to piggyback on that for some of the shows that we do this season on the Pelicans podcast and give you one thing to know. On Wednesdays throughout the season, the kind of the theme of five things to know is the Western Conference. And so today I wanted to kind of talk about just some of the games to watch that are related yeah. to the Pelicans in Wednesday night's schedule. Bunch of games in the league on Wednesday. Um, There's really a couple, I think, that I think are um, most relevant to the Pelicans and the Western Conference. I I touched on this earlier. To me, the Mavericks-Suns game opener is such a great 
way to start the season. Um, yeah, it's a big game. Game seven of the Western Conference semis between those teams was one of the most shocking, stunning outcomes of a game I've ever seen where Ma- the Mavericks were up by 30-something at halftime. And then you always, everyone always says in the NBA, you know, everyone makes a run, but Phoenix really didn't. And it was right. it was maybe 40-something by the middle of the third quarter, just a shocking um, way for a number one seed to go out. So I, I think the Suns will be very motivated to have Dallas back in their arena. And so I'm really curious to see how that game goes. And the other game I wanted to kind of highlight from Wednesday is Portland at Sacramento, which those are two teams that – pretty much everyone has targeted as either a play-in team or a fringe play-in team. They both made a ton of changes during the offseason to revamp their roster. The Kings added some shooting. The Trailblazers added some defense. Both of those were areas that each team was lacking. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to see. Obviously, it's only going to be one game, and we're not going to get too crazy with whatever the outcome is. But, but I am interested to see those two teams, especially with them playing head-to-head as teams that you know people project to be in that part of the standings to to maybe fight for trying to extend their season once we get to April. Yeah, I mean those are going to be fun. So you know even if you can't watch the Pelicans Nets game, listen to it on the radio on WRNO ninety nine five if you are in town. Uh, but but those are going to be fun watches as well. And uh, look, if you're a basketball fan, if you're a fan of drama in general, this has everything for you. And also, I'd like to thank C.J. McCollum for feeding everybody, actually, this week. Uh, yes. I don't know if you got to get in on that, I did. You, I did. You don't know me very well if you don't think I was able to get on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a beeline for that Yeah, spot. you were camping out like it's a new iPhone or something. <laughs> you had, like, a sleeping bag where the food trucks line up. Look, I hit up two of the food trucks. I got a spicy chicken sandwich. I got a, a piece of pizza as big as my entire body from <laughs> Fat Boy's Pizza. And, and again, I've been having to keep the mic away from my face because I breathe like Tony Soprano now uh, from gaining so much weight. Just... <laughs> So, yeah, sorry for sounding like a bulldog, but it was totally worth it. Big thanks to C.J. McCollum for feeding all of us. Season kicks off tonight for real, for real, for really, really real. So get ready, Pelicans fans. It's going to be a fun one. Jim Eichenhofer, thank you, as always, for joining me, Joe Cardosi. You can find me on Twitter at jcar504. I just hit 100 followers, so I'm now an influencer, and I'm selling candles that smell like myself. Just uh, meat sweats and, and, and energy drinks. It's that's great. A, very appeasing. Well, wow, that's 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 something else. There. Yeah, they're a thousand dollars. So <laughs> get on it now. Join us next time on the Pelicans podcast. We're gonna have a surprise guest for you. And uh, until then, go Pels. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com.